We're the Barclays. This is our podcast about politics, culture, and Christianity. Sometimes we say religion, sometimes we say Christianity, <laughs> but it's a Venn diagram overlap. Yeah, we haven't really talked about a whole lot of other religion. It's true. Not yet. There's still time. And today we are privileged to have a, a resident congressional <laughs> scholar, in-house fellow, senior fellow, Rachel, to talk about what the heck is happening in Congress. And I was telling her before the show, and we were actually talking about, okay, what are we going to discuss uh, on the podcast, and suggested a couple things, and I suggested this topic because I have no idea what's going on in Congress. <laughs> so I'm here to ask you questions and learn, because I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff, right? De- yes, Debt limits the same. and ceilings and reconciliations <laughs> right. and... Exactly. It's the same thing that happens every year. Right. But it's like new paint, same bones. Yeah. It's like the, so what, you know, Congress has. So what is happening in Congress? (laughs) Well, like, let's do a one-on-one basis. What is Congress? (laughs) So Congress, um, the White House, the executive, the president cannot tax, um, cannot appropriate new money places, can only take money appropriated to it by Congress and do stuff with it right so the congress every year has to set a budget and then the congress also i guess it it technically doesn't have to set a budget it should pass a budget and then it it hasn't passed a budget since 1991 well technically it has because budget reconciliation instructions oh well then what's with all these people saying it hasn't passed a budget they're not like robust budgets they're just like a budget that's kind of a shell of a budget uh-huh. that has what's called reconciliation instructions, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. So it's like a a, a vehicle, right? Um, okay. So, but what they have to do, or else we're in trouble, is appropriate the money. So it's like you know, you and I can get by in life without making a family budget, technically, right? <laughs> but we should make a budget. That's a good thing to do. But you have to appropriate money. So we have to appropriate money to our Amazon.com budget <laughs> and to our mortgage. It's like uh-huh. shelling out the dough, basically. Okay. So every year, Congress has to um, pass this appropriations package that funds our government. Right. So government funding bill. So um Government funding expires on September 30th, which is next week. And next so, week? Holy cow, yeah. This is the 23rd now? Yeah, yeah, I know. September 30th. It expires. Wow. October 1st, the government will shut down if Congress can't agree and pass the spending bill. And this has happened, gosh, it seems like every couple of years there's a big, quote, shutdown fight. Yeah, almost, yeah, every year. So it's funny because these deadlines are the same every year. Like it's not some like shocking thing that you get to the fall and you have to fund <laughs> right, the government. Right. Um, but everyone, you know, no one ever does their job in time and everyone gets to like, it's like, oh no, the test is tomorrow. We got to cram. And then, oh no, the negotiations start happening and people don't agree and all this stuff. So what ends up happening most years is they pass these like short term continuing resolutions to fund the government for like a month or two weeks or something like that. Um, and that's a special legal provision to keep the old budget going 
Yeah, basically like, listen, guys, we're not going to change any of the funding limits from the last year. Right. We're going to keep it the same for the next two months until we figure our stuff out. Right. And, you know, typically it ends with staffers and members working over Christmas because they didn't do their job back in September. And it's frustrating okay. for everyone. So we are at that point again and they have to pass the government funding bill. The House has passed a short term government funding bill into December. It ah. also has some. So another fun thing in Congress for those outside the Beltway is that. Things, big packages like this, they're called must pass. So, you know, there's a deadline. You have yep. to pass them or else there's consequences. People tag on all sorts of stuff to them to try to strategically get them across the It's like the line. last train out of an apocalyptic city. <laughs> and everyone's like trying to jump on it, right? Yeah, and get their stuff on there. Like, if you want to pass your bill and tell your constituents you're doing a great job, throw it on this thing. Yeah, exactly. Or do what you can to throw it on. But it's hard. It's hard to get that on there, right? Um, because some things are called like poison pills, right? You put something on there that enough people don't like, then it kills the whole bill. Mm-hmm. The, the train stops. And who makes that decision? Like what's included or not? Um, leadership, the committees, mostly leadership. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so this short-term funding bill that came out of the House, uh-huh. it um, also has two other things in it. Um, a bunch of little things, but two big things in it, which is um, providing billions of dollars for disaster relief and okay. for Afghan refugees. Okay. That's pretty widely agreed upon. That part's not really controversial. Um, but what is controversial that is leading us to the shutdown showdown next week is that <laughs> it... <laughs> shutdown showdown. Shutdown showdown. It lifts the debt limit. So the debt limit is something uh. that we have that says, you know, the U.S. cannot borrow more than this amount, and we, you know, tend to blow past it pretty often. And the Congress has to vote to raise it. Like the Treasury Secretary just can't borrow more money past this debt limit. Um, huh. And so the problem is, is they say, you know, if we blow past this, then we're going to default on our loans, and it'll throw the U.S. into this global recession. So we have to raise the debt limit and. Because we can't default. So, have we never? Is it like an actual rule, or is it an arbitrary thing? This debt limit. It's an actual rule. Okay. Like the Treasury so, Secretary can't go out and do this willy nilly. Because now we're what twenty three trillion in debt, twenty seven in the twenties, right? Yes. Something like that. And so, was it just set to like twenty five trillion or whatever the number is, and so now we're slowly approaching it? Like someone last time the debt limit was set, it was high enough. I'm just getting in the weeds, but yeah, they every time they raise the debt limit. So think about like as a member of Congress, you don't want to raise the debt limit by like twenty trillion. Right, 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 right. right. So every time it's only incremental raises, right? And the way Republicans always view voting for a debt limit is one, going into all this debt is not good and spending Mm -hmm. all this money we don't have is not good. Mm -hmm. And so if we are going to vote to raise it, then we got to get something good in return. Got it. So So that's that's the fight that's happening. Yeah. And, you know, now, of course, we are in a political situation where um, Democrats have the House, Democrats have a slim majority a uh, simple majority in the Senate. One vote? Mm-hmm. 
and the White House. So the Republicans don't have a ton of bargaining power, except that this bill to fund that. So Nancy Pelosi in the House put together a bill that funds the government through December, Uh has this disaster and Afghan refugee money and raising the debt limit all tied into one bill. Okay. She's sending it over to the Senate. Right. The Senate, you need 60 votes. So they have to have these nine Republicans to pass this funding bill. And Mitch McConnell has said no Republicans are voting to raise the debt limit because actually Democrats can use the reconciliation process, which again, we'll talk about later, (laughs) to pass a debt limit without Republican help. So they can pass a debt limit all Uh. on their own. And so Mitch McConnell is saying, you guys are in control, in power, and all you know three parties here and you have to be the ones to make this debt limit raise republicans are not right. going to be the ones to do this the political side so this is the i saw the new york times headline nancy pelosi sends over doomed spending bill to yes. the senate okay yeah mcconnell has said republicans aren't going to do this he wants them to he take wants the fall them to do the debt limit. Yeah. and so this is what always happens with these kind of political footballs that come with these shutdown showdowns that happen pretty frequently is that each party is kind of taking a risk and seeing who's going to take the fallout <laughs> or who's going to bend and get their way in this yeah. kind of game of political chicken. Right. So um, Mitch McConnell, you know, you le- you're looking at Biden's approval rating is seriously low. He's having a hard time negotiating with his party to get right. the other two things we're going to talk about, the infrastructure bill and his American <laughs> family's plan across the finish line. Um, and so he's looking at, Biden's low approval rating saying that Democrats are going to be the ones to blame because they are in power. So if the government shuts down, you know, Republicans are not in power. So it's not Republicans right. fault. So right. that's the, the gamble he's taking. OK, so that's one thing. Yes. So I keep talking about the next thing is the budget reconciliation instructions. Uh-huh. So as I said, that Democrats could pass a debt limit raise by using reconciliation instructions. What that crazy word means (laughs) is that the budget that we talked about, so um, you can put these instructions Uh riding with a budget called reconciliation on kind of spending and allocating money and taxing kind of provisions, um, instructing kind of other committees outside the budget committee to spend or tax. Um, you can do this with reconciliation instructions and, and do it with less than 60 votes right, in the Senate. Right, this is the thing. So Democrats can pass bills in the Senate without the help of Republicans by using right. these instructions. There are some limits to them. You can't use them for everything, um, but certain things you can. And this is the thing that the Senate parliamentarian will say it counts as a reconciliation or not, right? Yeah, she reads the rules and is like... She, woman, staff member yes. in the Senate. Yes. Parliamentarian. And, and she reads the rules. I think it's fascinating. Like, this one person says it's... Because they'll send the reconciliation language to them and everyone will sit and wait, kind of like the Pope <laughs> being chosen. And the then, smoke's going up. Yeah. yeah. And they'll say, yeah, this counts and this doesn't. Yep. Okay, so that's that's one. Is that probably next step, right? 
so this um, budget reconciliation and the infrastructure bill have been kind of floating around and Democrats. So they don't need Republicans at all. It's an only Democrat game to pass um, budget reconciliation. So why haven't they just done that? I'm getting there. (laughs) Infrastructure, they do because they didn't do infrastructure using this technique. So infrastructure, they do need some Republican help. Um, Nancy Pelosi wants to package the two together and there's kind of this Hmm. discussion between moderate Democrats who want to take the vote separately because the the budget reconciliation piece is the American Families Plan. This is President Uh, Biden's kind of cornerstone social policy, which we talked about like at the beginning when we started the podcast. Um, This agenda is kind of the biggest expansion of the social safety net that we've seen since yeah, the new deal we did have an episode about that go back so, and listen so it's the same thing it's most of those policies yes wow. so it's um paid family leave it's universal pre-k universal community college mm-hmm. um expanded child tax credit tons of different kind of social gotcha. programs as well as a whole bunch of climate change money that it's kind of parts of the green new deal hmm. as well as like a billion dollars for the FTC to start this like privacy bureau uh-huh. um, lots right. and lots and lots in this. <laughs> so something for everyone five it's estimated like five trillion dollars over the next 10 years. Um, and then you got the infrastructure bill, which is one trillion dollars. Right. Um, so massive amounts of spending and Democrats are looking at the midterms election midterm elections next year and saying, "Oh my gosh, we're going to get terrible ads run against us <laughs> if we do this oh. crazy multi-trillion dollar right. like fairly left-leaning uh wish list." <laughs> right. So uh, it's because they have that slim majority in the Senate and then also a fairly slim majority in the House, right? They it's projected that the Democrats will lose the House yeah. in the midterms. So it's like politically vulnerable going into 2022. They so. know their seats are going to be flipped, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. Well, then do you just like go whole hog or... Right. And so the, yeah. Or the, try and fight for it. The more um, left-wing part of the party is like, we've got to go for it and get it now this while we chance, have the majority. Right, right. And this is always the tension. This was the tension huh. when Republicans had... Yeah. The House, Senate, and White House. It's like, okay, we have these two years where we definitely have this. We got to go big. And then you have your moderate saying, well, yeah, but we won't have this for longer than two years if you make me vote on this hardcore bill Mm because I am in a moderate district. So it happens to both parties. And so they're debating that right now. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we have the October 1st is like, like the first big deadline. The shutdown. So it seems like the next play is some sort of, unless Nancy and Mitch can strike some deal, there's going to be a reconciliation. Yeah, the only, Mitch has said the only deal he's going to take is if there's a standalone vote on the debt limit. Okay. So it's looking like, I think maybe it was today, um, President Biden's staff instructed the government to prepare for a shutdown. Wow. Which, you know, they said, we have to do that and give notice seven days out. I will say what is, I mean, there have been a lot of shutdowns Mm -hmm. in history. And what is unique about this one, though, is we've never been in, like, quote, a national emergency with the pandemic still happening. So think about, you know, if the CDC shuts down 
for weeks. Right. Well, what does that there's mean? always that essential staff right. provision. And that seems a little flexible. Like maybe right. there's paperwork for officials to do. Right. Certain staff are deemed essential so they can keep working. But, but it's still, it's a lot true. on a few people. That's true. That's true. Anyway. Wow. So Thank yeah. you. Stay you've, tuned. You've demystified what the heck's going on. <laughs> or mystified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, it's, it's, it, there's a ton of just inside baseball and which committee does what and who the leadership roles and the political wins wins and um it's a bit like 3d chess at times at times like this really mm-hmm. rest of the year it can be you know it's maybe a few people playing 3d chess but now it's you know leaders trying to get their party and the member their members to do a certain thing but then you like you were saying everyone wants their pet project taken care of and won't do the thing especially for democrats with their the slim uh majority in both sides really uh, and the the tense midterms coming up that are very yeah. tight with a lot on the line yeah very helpful rachel thank you <laughs> you're welcome i expert. hope that wasn't too boring <laughs> <laughs> let us know i don't think it was boring i think it was very interesting <laughs> certainly last week's episode with beth was much cooler that was a high bar mm-hmm. but this was this is helpful for me i think will be helpful for listeners stinkers and thinkers Stinkers and thinkers. <laughs> I have my thinker. Oh, go. Uh, my thinker is an album that was just introduced to me, which was, is, it's a worship album, Maverick City Music. Hmm. And it's Jubilee, Juneteenth edition. Oh. And I just love, it's like re- one of those recorded live type worship albums. Uh-huh. And I just love the energy. I love the beat. It's just really, really good. We listened to a bit of it, and I liked it too. It was eclectic. Yeah. Yeah, it's not your normal worship album. Right. Right. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. My thinker is also music. Oh. I think we were playing tonight that Buena Vista Social Club. <laughs> I was listening to All Songs Considered, and they highlighted a 25th anniversary remastered edition. I guess it was an mm. album that came out in 1997. I was looking at a, a bit Latin Cuban music. I think it was somewhat of a super group that formed and then recorded this album, and Wikipedia at least was crediting it with, you know, helping bring back like popular Latin music, particularly <laughs> Cuban music. and Love it. I remember when I, I heard the track on the show, and it's like, oh, this is it. It just like immediately resonated. It, it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Buena Vista Social Club. Mm-hmm. What was the name of your band? Maverick City Music, and the album's Jubilee Juneteenth edition. Came out this year. Stinker? Stinker. You go first. Okay. My stinker is from the Center for Humane Technology. <laughs> They put out this... Aren't they always your stinker? Yes, true. They always always are stinker. Such a great name, you know. Um, They put out this graphic, the dark side of social media. With I didn't notice this, but the Death Star is like on the back of it. (laughs) They tweet it out as like a helpful tool. And it's just, I've never seen... I've seen very few things that are so hyperbolic. So it's going through like, what is, you know, what's the big deal with social media? Why is this happening? <laughs> Wanted your attention. What if nothing changes? In parentheses, disastrous consequences for humanity with a skull. 
we're unable to agree on anything. We degrade democracies, civil wars, our civilization collapses. <laughs> we ruin global economy. And then they talk about what won't fix it. Turn off notifications, putting the burden on individuals. Like how? You the know, burden. The burden. <laughs> we can't trust people with their own decisions. That's right. So here's what we need to do. We need to outlaw att attention extraction business models, mm. whatever that means. Uh, right, right. I guess that means their organization, no attention. <laughs> what about like extract the movie attention. industry? <laughs> I guess that's fine. We need to change how modern capitalism functions. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this like went way afield. <laughs> Suddenly we're in uh, Karl Marx revolution. <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's just like civilization collapses unless we like, don't it's trust not, individuals yeah. and change how capitalism functions. It was just, are you serious? Sometimes I just think like, <laughs> guys, it's just social media. <laughs> These are the people who do the social dilemma, which you know I've talked about before. It's my like, I'm kind of Captain Ahab about it. It's my white whale, <laughs> a, little, a little obsessed. It took my leg. <laughs> Wrote two reviews about it. I'm totally normal. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's just I just couldn't believe how just bonkers this was. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty rough. Cool it. I was like <laughs> giggling so hard at your Captain Ahab reference that I'm forgetting my sticker. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, can riff about Moby Dick is definitely not read enough, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. If you haven't read Moby Dick, go pick up a copy. Oh my gosh, my brain has just left me. Um, oh, I know what it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> I ran out of vamping material. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was it. <laughs> On a great tome, Moby Dick. Uh, my stinker is Garden and Gun magazine. Whoa, the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. It has just become so snobbish. Like what? everything in it is very snobbish. Huh. It's not like. Wasn't that the point? Accessible to the. I just don't feel like that's the real South. I, I think it's like a very tiny, teeny, tiny elite. Uh-huh. And all the recipes are just like a little weird. They're not. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, they're just kind of eh. And it's like a ton about like bird hunting and a lot about like, you know, being a sportsman. <laughs> and I just find like, gosh, is the audience that big for this? It just seems very niche. And I just go back to my tried and true Southern living. It's just more real. Hmm. I don't really, I feel like Garden and Gun, maybe people read it because it's aspirational. Like, I was just going to say, I'm going right. to have a fancy engraved rifle and take my specially trained hunting dogs out. It's and... basically a comic book. <laughs> it's like Dreamland. Yeah, it's like probably, you know, I don't know, what, I'd say 150,000 subscribers to the magazine. They're on the website. Like how many of those actually live that lifestyle? Right. Probably like 10,000. Very small. Yeah, I feel like it was maybe, better maybe in the beginning. And it it's just like how much content can you turn out over the years about bird hunting and <laughs> silver <laughs> cups and stuff? <laughs> just turns into a bizarro gardening gun in 20 years <laughs> yeah 
Or probably the readers die off, so they just like recycle. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyway. Look at these new gardens That's and guns. My I picked it up a few times in the hopes of seeing more guns. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a lot about hunting. Yeah, but it's I want guns. I don't want to I don't want to see hunting stuff. I think that's the point. It says gun. It doesn't say hunting and gardens. <laughs> not not a whole lot about gardens either. That's disappointing. Oh, man. What is it even? In? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Southern Living has way more about gardens. Oh, guns. Anyway. <laughs> Very little. Okay. Very few guns. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. As always, this is We Are the Barclays. <laughs>